Alec Murdoch's attorneys want Judge Newman off of the case. The killer yoga instructor trial begins, and, uh, well, the judge is only going to let us stream the opening and closing statements. Linda Stanley, the prosecutor in the Barry Morphew case, is in some hot water. I think this is kind of an example of how power corrupts. And then our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment and hit that little bell for notifications. Why is that little bell so important? That's right, because YouTube has had us in YouTube jail for the last 90 days, which is rapidly approaching the end of our sentence. And guess what? If you hit that little bell, you're going to make sure you get notifications again because, well, YouTube has been trying to kill us just the way to say it. All right. So clip that little bell, please. And remember, you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. As a pet owner, you want to give your furry friend the very best. That's why baked in Colorado CBD infused dog treats are the perfect choice. These delicious treats not only taste great, but they also provide a wide range of health benefits for your pet. CBD has been shown to have many positive effects on dogs, including reducing anxiety, alleviating pain and inflammation, and improving overall wellness. Baked in Colorado's treats are infused with premium, full-spectrum CBD oil, meaning your pet will benefit from the whole plant extract. Not only that, but Baked in Colorado's treats are made with all-natural human-grade ingredients so you can feel good about what you're giving your pet. They're also free from wheat, corn, and soy, making them a great option for dogs with food sensitivities. Baked in Colorado CBD-infused dog treats are the perfect way to support your pet's health and well-being. With various flavors, including peanut butter, pumpkin, and bacon, your dog will love them too. So why wait? Head to www.bakedincolorado.com today and order your dog a bag of these delicious and nutritious treats. Your pet will thank you for it. Let's go ahead and get to the docket for November 2nd, 2023, and let's go ahead and open the record. That's right. The attorneys for convicted murderer Alec Murdoch are asking the South Carolina's highest court to remove the judge who presided over the murder trial. Now, lawyers for Murdoch sought to uh, block Judge Clifton Newman from hearing the request for the new trial. They also want the state Supreme Court to remove Mr. Judge Newman from an upcoming case prosecuting Murdoch over his string of financial crimes. Now, Murdoch's lawyers don't accuse Judge Newman of acting improperly during the murder trial itself. They cite his remarks during sentencing and his public interviews with the Today Show and the Cleveland State University uh, following the verdict as evidence that he can no longer be considered impartial. Now, lawyers have uh, obviously accused the elected Colton County Clerk of the Court, Rebecca Hill, of improper tampering with the jury by asking jurors their opinions on his guilt or innocence before the trial was over, suggesting to them that she thought he was guilty and pressuring them to reach a verdict rather quickly. The defense wants Judge Newman removed from deciding whether there will be a full hearing into Hill's actions, saying that the judge could likely be a witness himself because of his interactions with Miss Hill. Now, as it relates to the comments of the sentencing and several post-trial interviews, they also said that Judge Newman indicated he thought Murdoch was guilty. The defense argues this could prevent him from fairly deciding if the murder trial was unfair. After the jury returned a guilty verdict in the matter 
of just a few hours, Judge Newman engaged in lengthy remarks before handing down his sentence um, of two life sentences. Among other remarks, he wondered aloud whether the spirits of the Murdoch's wife and son haunted him at night. Those remarks came after the jury verdict, and normally judges are allowed a little bit of leeway to express their views on cases while explaining the rationale for their uh, sentence that is going to be imposed. Newman also appeared on the Today Show and recorded an interview at Cleveland State University Law School, his alma mater, where he discussed the case at length. Now, while stressing they don't suggest the judge acted improperly as the presiding judge, the defense attorneys argue in their motion that the judge is a material witness as it relates to the clerk's actions, Miss Hill. Now, Judge Newman or a judge who replaces him will have to decide whether to hold a full hearing on the defense allegations or simply rule on, on the paper. The hearing would enable defense attorneys to force other jurors, witnesses, and potentially even Newman himself to testify under oath. Now, the defense could also get phone records, emails, and text messages that they are seeking. Why? Because the defense attorneys have suggested that jurors had a group text going amongst themselves. This is a very interesting issue. Normally, when judges sentence somebody in a bad case, they can say, this is a horrible case. Uh, it's overwhelming evidence. What you did was a complete uh, atrocity, and you need to be punished, and I hope that, you know, your family's uh, memories haunt you the rest of your days. That is fair. What I see as a problem here for Judge Newman is, why are you commenting on Alex Murdoch's cases while you still have other cases where Mr. Murdoch has cases pending in front of you? That shows an appearance of impropriety. It shows that you cannot potentially be fair. You've made up your mind. And it kind of harms the judicial process. Now, I get it. The judge probably has 15 minutes of fame. He did a great job at the trial. I think he made some wrong rulings, but I think overall he's a very, very good judge. And I think he got wrapped up in the moment of his 15 minutes of fame as it relates to this particular case, but he shouldn't have been sharing his comments, in my humble opinion, as it relates to cases that he still presides over. So we shall see. I think a full hearing needs to be heard needs to be had so that the record can be developed. If these jurors were influenced by the court clerk, then Mr. Murdoch should get a new trial. If it turns out to be nothing, then guess what? We've had the full hearing, the record's developed, it can go up on appeal, and it can be argued from here on out. Let's have a hearing and let's see if it stands the scrutiny um, of the allegations made by the defense. Next on the docket, the yoga teacher murder trial. That's right. The trial got underway this week as both sides laid out opening arguments before the jury with the prosecutors alleging that Caitlin Armstrong stood over Mariah Mo Wilson and shot her in the heart in an explosive uh, beginning of the case. Now, Armstrong appeared in court with a seemingly dyed hair after she previously dyed it darker color and underwent plastic surgery while on the run last year. Now, prosecutors grew enraged and raised objections as Armstrong's attorney went through their remarks, who said they would focus on reason, doubt, and common sense. The yoga instructor's lawyers said she fled from uh, Austin to New York and then ultimately Costa Rica after police questioned her because she was, well, passionate about traveling and yoga. Oh, yeah, and maybe also the key suspect in a homicide case of the girlfriend that was dating your boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, come on. Sure, 
got got to go pursue that yoga. Let me get my nose job done as well and <laughs> change the color of my hair and hide out in Costa Rica. Seems completely plausible. Well, anyway, they uh, argued that Armstrong started fearing for her safety after some weird things happened to her but claimed she was unaware the police were actually searching for her. Now, prosecutors countered that uh, Ms. Armstrong Googled herself while in Costa Rica. And in their opening statements, prosecutors said the last thing that Mo did on this earth was to scream, and you're going to hear those screams. There's surveillance camera with an audio coursing through it. Prosecutor said, we'll play it for you. You'll hear those screams. You'll also hear pam, 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 the prosecutor said, clapping to mimic the sound of the gunshot. Now, Caitlin Armstrong stood over Mo Wilson and put a third shot right in Mo's heart, the prosecutors allege. And it was also revealed that two of the three shell casings from the shooting were quickly located before the third was later found lodged in a tile floor where Wilson had been laying. The casings, prosecutors allege, were a match to the 9mm Sig Sauer handgun owned by Ms. Armstrong. The prosecutors allege that they also plan to present testimony from Strickland about his romance, that's the boyfriend, the romance with Armstrong and his friendship with Ms. Wilson. Now, Strickland went into hiding after the murder when Armstrong was on the run and had allegedly hidden his previous fling with Wilson from her. It's going to be an interesting one. I'm a little disappointed that the judge is only allowing the opening and closing statements and not the actual evidence. What do these courts have a problem with letting the world see what you could go walk into their courtroom? Let the world see how the process is working. Next on the docket, uh, Linda Stanley. Remember her, the prosecutor that we all questioned, or I had some questions about her actions while she was a prosecuting the Barry Morphew case? Well, guess what? She's got some problems. She may appear to be ethically challenged. Obviously, we'll give her the presumption of innocence, which she's entitled to, but let's explain. That's right. The district attorney in the Colorado 11th Judicial District launched an alleged baseless investigation of the judge after becoming frustrated of his unfavorable rulings in the high-profile Barry Morphew case. Who's saying that? State authorities in a disciplinary complaint. That's right. The attorney regulation people, the one that if you get a letter from them, there's a little bit of a pucker factor before you open it. It's the way it works. Anyway, attorney regulation filed a complaint against District Attorney Linda Stanley because she pursued a domestic violence investigation into the district court judge, Ramsey Lama, after he issued a series of rulings against the prosecutors during the case against Mr. Morphew, who was charged at the time with killing his then-missing wife, Suzanne Morphew, in a prosecution that was later dropped. Well, Linda Stanley ordered an investigator with her office to interview the judge's ex-wife about whether the judge had ever been abusive during their marriage and whether that rumored history might be influencing his ruling in the Barry Morphew's case, according to the 20-page formal disciplinary complaint filed against Ms. Stanley. As I've said repeatedly over the years, it's always the defendant's own words, and sometimes that includes respondents to attorney regulation responses, that it's always the uh, respondent's own words that get them in the end. And here, some of the comments were, quote, we couldn't understand Judge Lama's orders that were so egregious against us, and he normally is not like that, Ms. Stanley uh, apparently said in the complaint. And we were discussing what's going on, 
and those two came together. And I said, let's see if we can get somebody to interview Lama's ex-wife to see if there was something going on or if she suspects that he is trying to get back at her, essentially, in an almost a passive-aggressive way by making this case impossible to prosecute. So we wanted to see if she would say anything to us about any of these actions by the judge, maybe almost a passive-aggressive move against her. Well, Stanley pursued the investigation into the judge even after the county sheriff's office declined to investigate, saying there's a lack of credible reporting here, basically saying this is nonsense and we don't want any part of it. Well, the judge's ex-wife denied any abuse occurring and denied that uh, the judge ever spoke with her about the Morphew case. Now, lawyers with the Office of Attorney Regulation allege that Stanley's actions violated the state's professional conduct standards for allowing attorneys because she was attempting to unethically influence the case against Mr. Morphew. Respondent, Ms. Stanley, used her position and office resources in a manner intended to prevent others, including Judge Lama, from effectively performing their roles in the criminal justice system, the complaint alleges, and the disciplinary agency also took issue with Stanley's comments to various media outlets during Morphew's prosecution, and in particular on one true crime podcast. And I remember when that came out, I thought, what is she doing? Needless to say, Stanley also posted numerous inappropriate comments on social media about the prosecution, according to the complaint. Additionally, the attorney regulation people allege that Ms. Stanley failed to properly supervise her office and remedy discovery violations during the Morphew prosecution. The state alleges that Stanley violated seven separate rules of professional conduct for attorneys, and the formal complaint filed with the Colorado Supreme Court Office of Presiding Disciplinary Judge simply lays out the allegations against Ms. Stanley. She will now have a chance to respond to the allegations and can choose to settle the disciplinary matter against her or actually have any hearing as well. Well, Ms. Stanley could face uh, disciplinary ranges uh, from a public censure, which is basically, don't do this again, you made a mistake, or a temporary or permanent revocation of her law license. That's called disbarment. A couple of paragraphs from the complaint that I thought were rather interesting. Paragraph 139, respondent Miss Stanley persisted in having her own investigator interview the Judge Lama's ex-wife even after Commander Walker refused to interview Judge Lama's ex-wife due to any lack of credible evidence to warrant an interview. Respondent used her position and office resources in a manner intended to prevent others, including Judge Lama, from effectively performing their role in the criminal justice system. And then respondent's actions constituted an abuse of her power as an elected district attorney and were contrary to the prosecutor's responsibility to act as a minister of justice. Paragraph 142, through her actions, respondent acted in a manner that constituted an attempt to prejudice the administration of justice and was prejudicial to the administration of justice. So what does that mean, ladies and gentlemen? Let's see this. A prosecutor doesn't like the rulings that the judge is giving out in a case because her office failed to properly do their jobs. So instead of complying with the court's order, like 99.9% of everybody else would do in the legal system, Linda Stanley said, no, I want to find out why this guy is doing this to me. Let's go get some dirt on him. Let's go interview his wife. Maybe there was domestic abuse and he's taking out his aggressions against his wife on the office of the district attorney. 
That's almost called what you refer to as lawfare. That's where people go after people just to destroy them because they don't like their particular opinion. Prosecutors have an awesome responsibility. They have great power to influence, change, completely alter somebody's life based upon allegations that they pursue. But when they're going after judges because they don't like, allegedly going after judges because they don't like the rulings, that's when power corrupts, ladies and gentlemen. That means we're right all the time. How dare you question me? And we're not even going to take that from a judge. That's a little scary, ladies and gentlemen. That's very, very scary. Fortunately, Barry Morphew had great attorneys throughout that process that brought this information to light. And as you may recall, Barry Morphew's attorneys had filed a similar type complaint against Linda Stanley as well. More than likely, that's what this came from. So we're going to continue to watch this. My guess is, my guess is a deal will be had and there will be some sort of uh, temporary suspension of one's law license. Just going on a limb here. We'll see if I'm right. Finally today, our dumb criminal of the day. Now, this is a little scary, a little creepy for sure. But um, this gentleman, this unidentified gentleman is the winner of the dumb criminal of the day. So some uh, footage has captured uh, from a doorbell camera uh, of an incident that happened in Queens, New York. You can see in the video a woman walking up the steps to the door of a house with a man very close to her. He quickly walks past the gate and then grabs the woman's legs. A little bit of a struggle, and the strange man grabs one of the woman's shoes and then takes off. Now, no word on the guy as to why he would just have taken one shoe, that is. Uh, but some people believe that he obviously has some sort of uh, shoe fetish, I guess. So I don't know if this guy is like at home sniffing the insoles of this poor woman's shoes, a cross trainer, who knows, just gross. So you, Mr. Unidentified Foot Fetish Creeper, congratulations. You're officially weird and creepy and you are a dumb criminal of the day. Congratulations, you made it. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next time on Crime Talk. Music